Hello and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that change everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible and ultimately pushed them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. I'm Jeff, and once again, I have the privilege of talking to amazing people who are truly innovating in their particular entrepreneurial space, and we get to hear their stories. Now, today's guest is a passionate and experienced educator who went to both MIT and Harvard Business School and has now founded, grown, and expanded LaunchX, high school entrepreneurship programs into multiple major universities in order to equip the next generation of business leaders. Please welcome Lori Stack. Welcome. Uh, Thanks so much, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I'm very excited to talk about this because I was reading a little bit about these programs and I think it's amazing what you're doing. So let's just give everybody kind of a, just a bird's eye view kind of overview. What is LaunchX and what are you guys doing there? Yeah. So LaunchX brings students together from across the U.S. and world each summer to start real companies. So it's a summer program uh, that has has ranged in length from four to six weeks, but brings students together and uh, goes through that entire entrepreneurial process. So from opportunity identification, market research, prototyping, uh, strategy, operations, uh, go-to-market, finance, everything, all the way through to a demo day. And uh, that demo day, we even call it a a demo day versus a pitch day because it's just this amazing demonstration of all the fantastic progress, but then also setting them up for uh, for the future of their business. And a lot of the companies are continuing from there. Uh, but I know the way we think about it as LaunchX is that while they're they're starting companies, we're we're launching them not just their companies, but as entrepreneurs. Uh, so it's setting them up with those skills and mindset for their future as entrepreneurs, but also their their futures in general. Uh, so getting getting them started early. <laughs> That's fantastic. I just think that's what a great program. In fact, it's it is its own startup, right? I mean, you started this up from from scratch, but let's before we get to that, tell us a little bit of kind of about your background. Where you uh, I mean, I, I already mentioned you went to a couple of really big schools there and learned a lot of stuff. You've been an engineer. To, uh you've done all these different things. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, well, I I know I yep, I went to my my fancy schools. I uh but I know when I was Gosh, when I was younger, I had so much creativity, passion, drive, wanted to take on the world. And adults would always say, oh, you'll do great things someday. You know, when you have mm-hmm. a degree, some experience someday. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I buckled down. I got my, my fancy degrees, got out to the, the real world, if you will. And I remember my first jobs being asked to take initiative, uh, creatively problem solve, make decisions without this like perfect information of homework. And it's, it's very different from the education system. Sure. And I think a lot of high achievers... Uh, that that might be listening will probably be like, yeah, that was that was very different. Uh, and especially being this MIT girl, I I thought I should have all the answers. Hmm. I thought, you know, oh man, they hired me because I'm smart. So there was this bit of anxiety about asking questions. And 
I refer to those years as my career ADD years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So going from this uh, commercial leadership program at GE to working at BMW's design studio, which was just an absolute blast. Uh, Some parts for BMW, some parts um, product development, design consultancy, uh, and then you know, went to, to business school and then was a management consultant uh, and started this company on the side of being a management consultant and, you know, loved those different jobs for different reasons. But there was always just this part of me that was looking for something more. And, um, you know, yep, went from being a mechanical engineer to business to then this entrepreneurial side. And I know a lot of my students even ask me, you know, how do you, how do you go on that track towards being an entrepreneur, which it was never quite intentional. There was just this part of me that always loved creating something from nothing. Uh, and like I said, it's, it, there, there was this part of me that, um, you know, when I got out to that real world, if you will, um, had that difficulty. So then looking back one day, it was, you know, I, I wish it was easier for other students. Mm. I, I, I wish that they had this, you know, this spark stay alive. They had their, their skills and mindset developed uh, through the education system and that they were believed in from, from those high school days that they could create something real and they weren't just told someday. And uh, it, it all just started coming together that entrepreneurship education could be the answer to that. Yeah. And you spent some time uh, teaching as well, right? As an instructor. Yeah. So um, that was actually uh, part of this journey, even after, after starting LaunchX. So I, I started LaunchX and, um, you know, that was about like nine years ago starting this and the, the, the growth of it has been just an amazing journey. I started on the side of being a management consultant yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of, a lot of great companies do that. They, you know, test a little bit early on and, uh, I started it with less than a thousand dollars out of my own pocket mm. and, you know, it's a several million dollar revenue company now that yeah. I still own a hundred percent of. and started it with one location at MIT and I've, as you mentioned, grown it to, to several locations from there. But that first year, um, you know, was still working that, that other job for the entire first year until yeah. realizing that it'd be a success. And then a few years in MIT just really loved what we were doing. So asked me to be their kind of ambassador for high school education which meant that I got to build a makerspace at MIT, create a new class. Oh my gosh. Create an edX course for them. All kinds of amazing things that really increased our, our credibility as, as an entity. That's amazing. That's really cool. So tell, tell me about that kind of first year. I mean, starting with a thousand dollars, like what did you, what did you do? How did you start? Uh, did you just put together uh, a group of kids at first or what, what happened? Yeah. So I, I think um, for any type of entity, I think part of it comes down to understanding what will be the the core metrics of success and what what matters for your company. And for ours, I mean, we're you know we're, we wanted to be a top premier education company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know sometimes it's it's asking ourselves, okay, it's an entrepreneurship education company. How much of that is entrepreneurship? How much is education? what's the line between those two? And so which, which do we benchmark against for each, for each portion? Sure. Uh, but it was, it was something that, um, you know, we, 
knew that there were certain things to benchmark against for, you know, the most important thing would be having a really, really amazing community of students. Mm Because if you do look at any type of top accelerator or top university, the biggest differentiator is basically just having a really phenomenal community. Yeah. Like whether it's having a lot of really great startups that they can talk to each other and learn from each other or just really amazing students at their school that learn from each other. And so the curriculum is almost like secondary (laughs) to a lot of these places relative to the students. And we knew that then to get great students, you need to get a lot of great applicants. And so a lot of the operations and brand and everything ended up relying on ensuring that we had this, this really great community. And so whether it was the marketing, the partnerships, the like everything just ended up being very much centered around that. And, and that's what we recommend to a lot of, whether it's, you know, other people that I mentor or the students themselves is just understanding what, what is the most important thing that matters. Uh, So yeah, in the first year that, that meant, okay, you know, what, what are the target number of students, target number of applicants, target partnerships and having that like critical, critical path to each Mm. of those that would allow us to be able to, to hit the things that we needed. Yeah. And I mean, you just continue to grow. What what do you think is the, the, I guess, some of the tipping points or the secrets to some of that success that you could share with us? Um, gosh, yeah. And it's, it's something that uh, at times I think we could have grown more and intentionally didn't. Mm. And a lot of that does come back to making sure that we stay true to that quality of the student body that I mentioned because the moment we ever try to grow beyond that quality of the student base, then our, our brand and our reputation and all of those things that matter end up deteriorating. Mm -hmm. And I, I think making sure that, that we know what makes us successful is important. And I think a lot of times companies struggle with that early on. Yeah. They, they, they try to, they try to figure out what makes them successful. And I mean, honestly, that's, I think one of the hardest parts of early days of a startup is, you know, doing those different trial and error and tests and trying to, trying to figure out what, what will allow you to be successful. And then even if you are successful, sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Just grow, grow, grow. Or, um, you know, then trying, trying to adjust things and it can, it can be difficult to know yeah. <laughs> what that ultimately was. Uh, but that's how, I mean, as, as much as possible, I know for our industry, like I said, it was something that we were able to, you know, kind of benchmark and say, all right, we are this mix of entrepreneurship and education. Therefore we're, we're able to at least have some good hypotheses. And yeah. I think that's what, you know, the, the startup world is all about is that hypothesis driven testing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, at least, at least so far, our hypothesis has continued to prove true. The more we've kind of like pushed up against and tested that, uh, and collected a lot of data, and I think that's also really important is just to collect a lot, lot, lot of data to continue to test whether your hypotheses are true on what most important thing that you've hypothesized against is actually true. Yeah. And then I know the other thing that we've uh, continued to ask ourselves as we continue to grow is. Um, is things like, what would this look like 
if we were five times as big, 10 times as big, a hundred times as big. <laughs> yeah. And I know a hundred times as big is like a crazy question to ask. Um, but we asked that across a few different dimensions. Like what would that look like for, you know, how many people we would need, how many student applications, how, like how many partnerships, like what, what would, what would everything look like? Yeah. Like, you know, is, is that crazy? Is that, uh, and then especially for the nearer term ones, the five and 10 times, it allows us to start saying, are there tools that we need to start building in now to prepare us for that? Yeah. Because I think one of the hardest things to do as an early entrepreneur is to value your own time well. And a lot of entrepreneurs just end up working themselves so, so, so much. Right, right. <laughs> And so the earlier you can start to say, okay, here are the things that I need to do myself. Here are the things I'm going to outsource to my team. Here are the things that I'm going to build in the tools to be able to do mm-hmm. the better. And, and especially knowing like the value of your own time, I think is a hard thing to get an intuition around. Yeah. And here you are approaching almost a decade doing this now. What Do you feel like you have met your five and 10 so far? And if so, like, uh, what, what does 15 and 20 look like for you guys? <laughs> um, gosh, it, it's from the first year, I set a five-year plan that we ended up doing in three years. <laughs> mm, that's great though. <laughs> so then had to, had to definitely adjust from there and say, well, sure. whew, all right, do we need to, <laughs> slow ourselves down or adjust or what's the plan from there? Yeah. What do Uh, you do? What do you do when you, when you meet your goals so quickly? Do you just, right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So we, we definitely adjusted from there and, um, and then uh, set, set another, another five year that um, we were very well on track towards until I think everyone had a little bit of adjustment in the last couple of years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and so it, in, in light of the, the pandemic, I mean, as, as you mentioned, we were running this at a number of universities. So mm-hmm. we went from being at, uh, at just MIT to growing to multiple universities. So we were at MIT plus University of Pennsylvania, University of Michigan, Northwestern University, and then global pandemic hits. Sure. <laughs> um, and I think what was difficult for a lot of people is to figure out how to make strategic decisions in the face of that. Yeah. Um, And I think, especially for a business like ours, we were so reliant on a partner in that case. And so um, I think what a lot of people did was, was wait for that partner to tell them, oh, we're not going to do these in person. And I I think what allowed us to really, really successfully make that pivot uh, was to actually kind of forecast and get ahead of it. So we announced ahead of the universities that we were going to be doing a a program online. Cool. Uh, and, And I think little things like that, or it might be a big thing, but like things like that, I think show a lot of strategic leadership and uh, allow customers to see a lot of confidence in companies. Yeah. Uh, and, and then even this last fall, I think there were a lot of companies that were kind of playing the wait and see game mm-hmm. that 
we announced relatively early in, uh, in late October that we were going to, again, do the program online this summer. And in fact, then much later, you know, waiting until even early this spring, a lot, a lot of other places ended up announcing that they were all going to be online as well. Uh, but it's, it's something that our, our group has kind of, I don't know, triangulated and, and been pretty good about saying, all right, like, what is our decision tree on this? Yeah. Like, what are the key factors that would influence this? And what's the go, no go on that? Right. And I think that's a hard thing to do uh, because a lot of us want to wait until our hand is forced. Like mm-hmm. it, it kind of feels easier to let somebody else make that decision. Um, but I think that's what we need to to learn to do as entrepreneurs is to like put that stake in the ground and figure out what the go, no go will be. Yeah. And the more we're able to do that, I think customers will will really see confidence in in you as a company. Yeah. Well, I, I'm curious because I, I actually uh, work with uh, with a, a school um, where I did do instructional training and video production and things like that on the side. And when, you know, as that started happening and they, we had to figure out how to do some of the stuff online, the big concern for me as we were kind of scrambling was that I wasn't going to be able to provide as good of, you know, an education as I could when we were in person and I didn't want, and you know, people were paying for this. So I didn't want them to have a subpar experience or, you know, not that they wouldn't still learn, but a subpar, you know, experience because they can't get hands-on with some of the equipment um, did you guys suffer with that a little bit, that decision as well? Like, you know, we want to make sure if we are going to go on this, that it's, it's, a, it's the quality that we've always done, but it's just online. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will fully admit that my first reaction when we started discussing it was like, oh my gosh, no, like the experience mm-hmm. is, is the most important thing. How could we deliver a phenomenal experience on like, I mean, if if having this amazing like-minded community coming together is the most important thing, then how can you do that online, right? Because I I already I, I was just talking about how important the community is. Sure, right? sure, yeah. <laughs> so it, it seems like at odds, uh, but yeah, that that's what we talked about leading up to the, the decision. Is like that was one of the pieces of that decision tree, uh, and I think also that is the mistake a lot of people made when they took educational programs online is they made the assumption that putting it online just meant putting curriculum online and mm. deliver, like delivering curriculum to, to an audience. Right. Sure. Uh, sure. So whether that was just kind of like in the same way you would in front of a classroom, but we every day leading up to that program asked ourselves, what is it that people come to us for? It is coming to us for that community, that like-minded community of people and to start something really cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so what does it mean for how we deliver that? And so, yeah, we got really, cre- like we got creative about some new innovations with the program. We um, thought about what it meant, like what it meant to be online and how that actually opened up new exciting opportunities mm-hmm. uh, for the types of speakers we could have, the types of mentors, the types of ways we could actually bring students together in more dynamic ways, mm-hmm. uh, the types of discussions they could have, if there were any other platforms that could allow that spontaneous interactions and discussions that you would get in the classroom. 
and and even for the summer, we found some other kind of exciting new ways for them to to connect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we asked our, ourselves a lot how to make sure that it would still be that the awesome connection. And I mean, even for something like starting a company, yeah, like prototyping might be something that people would be like, oh my gosh, you know, normally on campus you'd have access to maybe like a makerspace or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we brought in tech mentors uh, that they could meet with each week and and could kind of guide them through that process. And they had virtual purchasing cards that would allow them to be able to get things sent to their home. And yeah, wow. we, we put a lot of thought into how to make That's sure really that, cool. yeah. <laughs> that there were a lot of creative ways that they would still be able to get that experience. And I mean, at the end of the summer, when we when we did our usual kind of you know, surveying of how things went. I mean, gosh, it was, it was amazing to see just, uh, just how high the survey results were. Sure. I was, I was, it was really heartwarming. <laughs> That's great. I mean, and you think about like, I mean, a, a lot, I talk to businesses every day on this show and so many of them are, uh, many of them were already working remotely even before this happened. Some of them had to completely pivot and figure out what to do. And some of them who did pivot are like, we're going to do business this way from now on. So I think it's interesting that you guys went through that because you're you're now training these entrepreneurs to kind of be be ready to be entrepreneurs in this new remote world that we're kind of that we may be coming out into even though the pandemic may end this may be the future still a little bit. Yeah, and that's that's one of the ways that we're framing it to them is that I mean this really is the the future. That's the mm-hmm. way are are working going forward and I mean I'm also really excited to see uh, what this looks like for the continuation rates of their businesses mm-hmm. uh, because I know one of the occasional challenges uh, of their businesses is that they come together in person for these programs but then they go back to their locations and that can present some difficulties as mm-hmm. you expect right mm-hmm. they, they get back to their homes and school starts back up and extracurriculars everything uh, but since they're already working remotely and get in the habit of using the different virtual online tools, then that can potentially mean that they're going to have a an easier transition to continuing things remotely. So yeah. see what that'll mean. <laughs> That's exciting. I can't, I mean, I really am uh, just overwhelmed kind of a little bit about how awesome this program. I mean, it sounds like it's really, really cool. Um, uh, we're, we're coming up on time, but I want to make sure you have, uh, a, a little bit of, um, first of all, I want to ask, do you have plans to move to other universities? Like, can we expect to see this program popping up maybe in our neighborhoods anytime soon? Yeah. So, uh, certainly plans to expand. And, uh, I mean, as far as the growth trajectory of it, uh, yep. Uh, planning to, to continue a little bit of growth. And I know that, that we've also had some, inbound asks from a number of different places internationally about whether um, whether we'd be opening it up in, in other wow. places as well. <laughs> That's great. And I mean, and now that you've figured out how to do it online, it, it may, maybe that opens up a whole nother way for you guys to be able to offer this to, to people who aren't at these in these particular areas. That's really cool. Tell exactly. Folks, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's one of those things that at this point, it like, there, there, there's a lot of opportunities to yeah. about the, the next five-year plan that we'll see how long it takes to develop. <laughs> yeah. The sky's the limit for you guys right now, I think. So let, let's, let, let's make sure that you have a chance to tell everybody 
like where to find you if they want to uh, find out more or get involved? Uh, what can they do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so y'all can find us at launchx.com. Uh, that's a, the website is launchx.com. Uh, and unfortunately, this summer program, uh, the application deadline is passed. Uh, so if, if y'all know of high school students, then I mean, at least have them fill out the interest form for next summer of summer 2022. Uh, but also if we have a great, great audience here of entrepreneurs would love to have any mentors for the summer program. And then you can learn a little bit more about it and be inspired by all these awesome high school students. Uh, so if shoot us a, a note at info at launchx.com, uh, cause I don't think we actually have the link to the mentor form up on our website. Um, yeah. I would love to have any of y'all as mentors. That's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing this uh, program with us. And uh, yeah, I hope some folks that are listening will sign up because that's why I was glad you said it because that was going to be my last question is, can, can, do you need people who can help? Because the the people that I talked to on the show, I think would love to to be a part of that sometimes. So that's great. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed being here, Jeff. Thanks. And thank you for listening to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.